Welcome to Quest for Gold. I'm Ryan Burrow. And as we wrap up the year, the Associated Press has named its Female Athlete of the Year for 2019. Lots of big names to choose from, including soccer players Megan Rapino and Julie Ertz. How about WNBA MVP Elena Deladon? Well, the title goes to Simone Biles, who picked up her record-breaking 25th World Championship medal this year. Keep in mind, she's 22 years old. Biles also won this award in 2016. As we head into the new year, there are already 33 Americans who have qualified for the Olympic and Paralympic Games in Japan, including three swimmers, four surfers, and three climbers. And of course, don't forget about the U.S. women's softball team. Plenty of bids will be up for grabs in the coming weeks and months among those looking to compete in the Olympics for the first time. Rhythmic gymnast Vita Grishkenis, born and raised in Orland Park, this 19-year-old trains in the North Shore. She and fellow American Laura Zhang inch closer to an Olympic bid with huge performances in 2019. I met her at her gym in Northbrook to talk about getting into rhythmic gymnastics, getting to this level of competition, and what she hopes to accomplish in the coming months. What is rhythmic gymnastics? If you could break it down, if you could boil it down to to kind of its 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 pure essence, what is it? Rhythmic gymnastics is a sport that incorporates um, strength, agility, and um, basically dance kind of motions. Uh, I think its foundation comes from ballet. Uh, You have to be extremely physically and mentally um, tough and strong um, in order to do such a sport, and you definitely have to start young. It's one of those sports where you uh, choose it at a very young age due to the necessary uh, flexibility and skills that you build up over the years. So when did you start? When did you get into it? I started when I was four. Uh, Do you want to hear the backstory? Okay. So I was watching TV and they had rhythmic gymnastics um, on and I said, Mom, I'm going to do this. And, you know, they all laughed and were like, yeah, sure. So I kept pestering them and then they were like, okay, fine. So they tricked me. They took me to a normal, you know, gymnastics gym. It's the kind of gymnastics you, uh, so artistic gymnastics. And they say that they've never been more embarrassed in their entire life because I took one look around, went, this is the wrong gymnastics, and walked out. (laughs) And so I knew from a really young age specifically what kind of gymnastics I wanted to do. Sure. And, and, and I mean, do you still feel that way today when, when, when you look back at it? Obviously, it's, it's worked out pretty well for you. But what, what made you fall in love with, with that aspect of gymnastics? I mean, so many people are watching Simone Biles and, and you know, watching uh, the, the artistic gymnastics. What, what kind of brought you to this, this angle? I feel like it's a really creative sport. There's so many different ways you can put together a routine, and there's so many different things you can do with the routine, and specifically with your body. Like it, it I feel like with artistic gymnastics, you work with an equipment that's large. Here you work with something you get to handle. You can invent new things. You can play around with it almost. I mean, let's be honest, the reason I wanted to do it when I was four was to play with a ribbon. <laughs> but... Um, as you grow, you mature, and you start to really enjoy the process of the work. So how, how did you get from four years old to today? How did you kind of grow up in the sport? Uh, yeah, I was here in North Shore with Nick Gymnastics. Uh, well, originally it was a different gym, and then my coach branched out, and I won't go into the details. But, um, yeah, basically lived here my entire life. I live actually in Orland Park. So I have quite a drive here every day. And uh, thank you, Mom, for uh, driving me and um, keeping up with it. Because I'm sure if it it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have been doing this. And if she wasn't willing to commit her entire life to 
my development, I don't think I would be where I am today. All right, so let's talk about what happened this year. So let's see, a lot happened. First, I graduated high school. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. And then, let's see, I went to the Pan American Games in Lima, Peru. I think that qualifies as summer. I don't remember the dates. <laughs> but um, there I won four gold medals and one bronze. And I actually, humble brag, <laughs> became the most, I think, decorated athlete um, in the Pan American Games, specifically from Team USA. And that was really, really exciting because, you know, what an experience. And I actually just got back from Florida where they had the first ever Pan American um, Sports Awards. And I was nominated and uh, actually chosen to receive the next generation, women's next generation um, female under 20 category. And uh, it was really a pleasure to be there. And it was so exciting meeting other our people. And I, I met Carl Lewis, which is like... You know, astonishing, and sure. it was fun. Did you and Laura land a bid for USA, or did you qualify yourself? Uh, at the World Championships, uh, you compete against all of these other countries, and as it's a primarily European sport, it's really, really hard to get up there. Uh, but me and Laura have managed to secure two spots for uh, Team USA. I was eighth, and she was tenth, I believe. And it was the first time, I think, in... U.S. rhythmic gymnastics history that Team USA has secured two spots, and we've secured it for the country. So the last qualifying step officially um, is competing at the national championships, and it'll be fully done from there. You've never competed in the Olympics before. Has it been a goal of yours for a long time? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, let's see. At four, I wanted to play with ribbons. At around six, I wanted to win the Olympics. <laughs> so I have drawings from when I was super little. I actually didn't know about it until like a, a year ago when I was looking through a memory box that I had. And I had drawings of myself on a podium, say, and then wearing a medal. And the title said, Olympic champion. <laughs> so I guess I've always had it in the back of my mind. Is it hard not to put the, the cart before the horse? Is it hard knowing that you've still got a couple steps that have to take place or do you already see yourself there do you already see yourself in tokyo well you have to see yourself in order to motivate yourself and to to get to where you want to be so it's not that i'm looking at it as um olympics and that's it i know that there's steps that i have to take to get there and i don't dwell too much on my past either so i'm, I'm happy with what i've accomplished and i take that as something um, useful under my belt and I move on uh, forward so I definitely recognize that there are steps and I try not to count my chicks before they hatch because that's not a very good method of uh, approaching this you like uh, competing internationally is that fun oh yeah for sure I love competing internationally and I love seeing all the different um, countries and meeting all kinds of different people of you know, all genders and ages and uh, nationalities, and I'm a really social person uh, anyway, so getting to practice uh, some fun languages or finding ways to talk to people is always really, really fun. You had a chance to talk with some of the athletes at the at the um, the award ceremony. W were th was there any advice that any of them gave to you when, when you were talking to them, or, or have you picked up any advice along the way that, that's really been helpful? Uh, I mean, I guess... One piece of advice that I got was uh, listen to yourself and, like, 
don't get distracted. Uh, stay very focused and almost like a tunnel vision uh, towards your goal and don't let anything distract you. One, one thing I've learned from all the athletes that I've spoken with, I mean, this this is a lifestyle, isn't it? I mean, this isn't, I just show up for a couple hours of practice every day. I mean, you live, breathe, and eat rhythmic gymnastics. Basically, any athlete says uh, it's a lifestyle and you you work with it. This is my work, and uh, I've been doing it for so long, I might as well get something out of it. I, are there days when you wake up and go, I, I just, I can't, I can't do this today? I mean, are, are there days when you have down days, or has every day been pretty positive? I'm sure every athlete has their down days, whether they openly admit it or not. Um, especially days when you're sore from working out and then you're like, I actually can't move. <laughs> but uh, in the end, you tell yourself that you have a responsibility. And I know that I'm uh, a role model for a bunch of younger ch- children, generations. And uh, even if they don't see me, what I do impacts them. And my actions have consequences that, you know... Uh, not consequences, but outcomes that others will see. So uh, on those days when, you know, you don't want to get out of bed or you are really, really tired, you just tell yourself, like, you don't have a choice. Do you see this as an opportunity not just for you to, to excel in the Olympics, but a way to grow this sport here in the United States? I mean, is that, is that part of, of your focus as well, having more people, more, more girls coming up along the same lines as you and hoping to be you someday? Of course, um, probably even be better than me. I I want the sport to grow in the United States. And um, again, I've mentioned before, it's a primarily European um, sport. So I think the more people who get interested in it here, uh, the better. Because it's such a beautiful and unique sport. And I feel like having more people appreciate it and, and learn its values is a really good thing. And, you know, sport, regardless of what it is, teaches you so many things like uh, discipline and time management. And I think rhythmic gymnastics really captures the whole spirit of it. Who are the big dogs in rhythmic gymnastics? R-U-S-S-I-A. <laughs> that's what I got to say. Yeah. Um, that- well, that's interesting because they're not competing in the upcoming Olympics as an individual nation. And, and if if they can't compete under the Russian flag, then they'll have to compete. But you said they compete individually anyways, I guess. Mm-hmm, probably. I mean, again, like you mentioned before, like don't put the horse before the... No, cart before the horse. Um I try not to look at other people. I focus solely on myself and what I can do to uh, improve myself and uh, get up to where I need to be. So I think looking at my competitors is is a good thing sometimes, like uh, assessing their skill levels and how I can improve. I don't want to keep saying improve myself, but improve myself. Um, but looking at it as I have to beat Russia or I have to beat specifically someone is not the right way to go about it. The doping testing here in the United States sounds like it's it's super intense. It's really fun. <laughs> yeah. You guys have an app, right? You guys have to tell where you're going to be at for, what, one hour a day, something like that? I mean, is that is that a frustrating process or is it just normal? It's actually really smooth. Um, I mean, the first time was a little awkward. <laughs> Someone came knocking at your door? Is that what it was? Yeah, actually. Where was it? I don't even remember where my... Oh, so the first time I got uh, taken, I was actually doing an online class. I did both. Um, I went to a school and I did some extra supplemental classes online. You go to Sandberg? I did. To Car- I went to Carl Sandberg High School, yes. Now my brother goes there. But um, So I was doing my online class at home and I get a phone call and they're like, we're in the gym, where are you? And I was like, an hour away? <laughs> um, so then we met up halfway at well, now they destroyed it, but O'Hare Oasis. Um, and then I was 
tested in an Oasis, but, you know, because I didn't want to get a failure, especially on my first one. But uh, it is taken very seriously here, and uh, we keep track of everything, even if you grab food or drink, I always read the label, making sure there's nothing, even something as simple as a poppy seed, you know. I really try to avoid it. Let's let's flash forward to, to July. Uh, let's let's you know go ahead and, and, and assume that that you're going through this process. Is is there something that you're you would be looking forward to the most? Maybe uh, outside of the sport itself, as, as far as participating in the Olympics, whether it be opening ceremonies, closing ceremonies, just meeting people, being in Olympic Village. Have you thought about that at all? Um, well, it's Japan, so obviously. Have you been there before? Yes, I went to. Um, it was called Aeon Cup once, and I would. It made me want to go to Japan even more. And um, actually, after my experience in Lima, Peru, I was like, "This is incredible! Like getting to talk to people. This village is amazing." And you know, I thought Japan will be even cooler. So it really kind of jump started my desire again. Um, to make it to the Olympics and uh, uh, say I do go. I am really excited and would love to get every single experience I possibly could while I'm there. I want to, to talk to people. I want to make a bunch of friends. I want to go to the, well, I probably won't make it to the opening ceremony, but closing ceremony. I want to stay after and uh, hang out with my friends and family. And it's just going to be such a big event in my life. Tell me a little bit about your music. You you go a little more contemporary, don't you? Yes, I do. I like to take a look at the lyrics and how much I, using uh, modern teenage language, how much I vibe with, with the song. And uh, um, you definitely, me and my coach work together, so it, it, sometimes we get into small mini conflicts where it's like, I love this song, and she's like, nah, I don't think it's going to look good on stage. So you're like, okay, fine, I have to find a new one. And uh, it, it's a whole process to find a music. But when you do, it's great. And um, I actually choreographed two of my own routines in the past uh, years. And um, this year, one was sort of choreographed by me as well. And um, I think it's a pleasure to be able to choose what I feel and what I can express myself. And then I compete better, I think, too, because I have an emotional connection with it. Were these songs you already knew or songs you went out and looked for? Some I knew, some I went out and looked for, some I had in the back of my mind like ages ago, and then um, they just popped up at the right time, and I was like, hey, this is perfect. Or with my, um, what song did I have last year? I had This Is My World. Love that song. So I was going to do a gala dance for it. Gala is like a show dance that sometimes competitions incorporate at the end. Um, and I started making it up in the gym and my coach stopped the music and went, what are you doing? This is perfect for a routine. I was like, oh, well, sure, I didn't think about that. <laughs> and um, I totally agreed with her. It was awesome. So what kind of music do you listen to? I like listening. Okay, this is really weird, but I like listening to piano rain music on YouTube. Okay. This is, it, it's very niche, but I like listening to that. Um, I guess I like listening to motivational music, if that makes sense. Like, um, Do you have any hype music that you listen to before competition? Let's see. Sometimes, sometimes I don't. So, sometimes I'm in the mood for, like, calmness, and I'll listen to some, if I do listen to music, I'll listen to some um, songs that I really like, like, um, what's that one by, here, let me look it up. <laughs> Oh, Say You Won't Let Go by James Arthur. And I also really like um, Ed Sheeran because he's really calm. And uh, there's this one song called What Do I Know? And it's really happy and upbeat. And then other times I, I want to go full out 
motivated mode and I'll listen to something like, um, let's see, Stronger or I'll generally listen to, what's that band you think? Oh, The Score. The Score is really good. I like The Score. All right. Tell me, you, you speak a lot of different languages. Yes. So I speak English. Uh, hopefully that is obvious. Um, I also speak Russian fluently. Um, I grew up speaking it. My Why is that? So, I don't know. My parents kind of taught me. My, my grandma taught me. I just, uh, I think it was, so my parents tell me that first I learned Lithuanian because they're from Lithuania. But then my grandma came over. She's also from Lithuania, but she spoke more Russian. So then we they switched to Russian, and I forgot all of the Lithuanian, and I switched to Russian. And then I went to school, and I learned English. So I guess... I don't know how, how to put that all in perspective. So does Rush, speaking Russian get you anywhere? Have you Are you able to have many conversations here in Illinois speaking Russian? Actually, the North Shore area, I think, has a lot of Russian-speaking people. And uh, rhythmic gymnastics is, again, heavily uh, Russian-spoken, I guess. That's... So for international competitions, it uh, it's helpful. Oh yeah, and uh, international competitions. I mean, even the Japanese speak Russian. They train in Russia, so um, I, I'm able to speak with. Uh, basically, I say I say there's three primary languages spoken. Everyone either knows some form of English, Russian, or if you look at the Pan Am countries, uh, Spanish. And I was I'm learning Spanish at school. Um, well, I'm trying to keep up with it now and then. I guess Lithuanian, I understand. I can't really speak it well, but I, I'd say I like to say that I understand it. Can people find you online at all? Yes, my uh, Instagram is evita.grishkana, so it's really easy to remember. And I think my Facebook is like Evita Grishkana's Rhythmic Gymnast or something like that. Thank you to Evita for the chance to talk with her at her gym. Coming up in a future episode, we'll also talk with fellow American Rhythmic Gymnast Laura Zhang. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Quest for Gold. We'll pick it up again in 2020, which is seven months away from the Olympics in Japan. I'm Ryan Burrow for Quest for Gold at WGNRadio.com.